I'm sorry if this is not advertised well. It's seemingly, there's a, what? It's even more definitely more intimate, but also, yeah. what? You can definitely get closer. Yeah, for sure. Um, you guys have to up on the site. Um, not Benny, super far. We could all have been on one bench. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it on our so, two things that were working somewhat against us this week. Uh, the fact that something was scheduled at the same time as this, and until that was pushed off, we couldn't really uh, write that this is happening. Uh, secondly, we need to finish earlier than usual. Normally, we try going until 11, but tonight we need to finish at about 21 minutes or so. Uh, so, let's just jump straight into it. Um, Last week, we, we talked about it at length, and again, it's going to be a very, very quick summary of what we saw. Rabbi um, Bechaye was explaining how, at the end of the day, every single person that's living in this world, when you think about it, out of the four categories of, of, cre of created beings, right, there's the domain of inanimate objects, somayah, vegetation, chai, animals, medaber, human beings, right, but what's unique about the, the four categories, the Medaber, the speaking people, speaking people, excuse me, is the fact that Hashem gave us a mind, He gave us wisdom, He gave us Chachma. Right? Chachma, at the end of the day, is the crowning jewel. It's the pride of every single person. It's really the glory of every human being as well. But more so, it's a gift that if you don't use it well, you're wasting all of your potential and every single reason that you were brought into this world. That the concept of a person's uh, a person's chachma is a tremendous gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if a person doesn't use his mind correctly, then he's completely squandering the reason he was created. Right? We spoke about this at length last time, how a person really does need to use his, uh, his real chachma. Guys, uh, just Davin Marv, either in the Beit Midrash or right outside, thank you. Right? Um, and we discussed how there are three different types of wisdom to plow in the world. Right? The, let's just talk about the last one, the, the wisdom of chachma. The, excuse me, the, the wisdom uh, that's going to help a person get the Torah is called theology, right? He also quoted the, Arab, the Arabic name for it. And we discussed how the Chachma of Torah uh, could be used for good and bad, right? All Chachma could be used for either good and bad. If a person is looking to use Chachma and use Torah just to be able to, to get Kavo, to get honor from it, then he is doing it completely wrong, right? According to Gemara Nadarim, he, he threw in a beautiful line that you've got to learn Torah out of love, and the kavod and the honor is going to follow it regardless, right? The question is, what intention do you have, right? The, the whole premise of the Sefer isn't just about the plain action, like we're going to see a lot more today, but it's about what intention, what kavana, what thought process you actually have while doing it. And the gateways that a person, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu opens for a person to get to know him and to know his Torah, are three different categories. Throughout the entire Chosel of Avos, hopefully you guys will take the Sefer and not just see the introduction, but throughout your lives you'll be able to also open up the rest of the Sefer. You see that the Chosel of Avos was extremely, extremely methodical. He was extremely clear. He was extremely... Uh, he was extremely misudar, he was extremely uh, categorized in every aspect. You'll see throughout the paper, he, he suddenly says, and he has seven categories for this. He was very, very structured. Right? So he says there are three different types of ways that a person could actually get to the channels, to the, to the paths of Chachma, to the paths of getting to know him in the Torah. And the first one being, 
is the mind, is the gateway of the, of the purified mind of reasoning, of human intellect, right, that's protected from any mishap. So what does that mean when he says, right, we could really dissect every word here, I, I just don't want to take forever and actually cover a little bit of ground, but I'll just say one thing here, what does that mean that a person has a clear mind uh, that was not uh, touched, that was not hurt by any way, shape, or form? Guys, are you here from Arav? So either daven right outside or go to the Beit Midrash and daven there, okay? We're going to do a share in here for at least the next 20 minutes. Um, right? Uh, is a mind that's protected from any sort of mishap, from any sort of uh, misuse, right? From any sort of, uh, of blemishes. What that means is, is that a person's intellect, a person's ability to think from a very, perspe- from a very basic level is pure, right? The only time that, and, and because it's pure, a person has the ability to reach Hashem through logic, through using his mind alone. The moment it becomes a problem is when we start getting affected by the surroundings around us, by the, by the opinions, by, the, by everything else that's thrown out there. Right? Most people, and it sounds a little bit scary to say, but most people by the time they hit 12 and 13 years old in today's day and age, their minds are not clean from Pega, right? besides maybe obviously because it's exotic. But at the end of the day, yeah. Right, without any sort of blemish. But at the end of the day, we're all influenced, whether it be by social media, by TV and movies. Right? Like we, we, our lives are so deeply affected by it and becomes a part of our subconscious that, that we're not so purely clean. Right? Avram Avinu, for example, is the perfect example for this. Right? The Rambam says it flat out. Right? Let's use the Rambam's uh, thought process that when did he find Hashem the first time? When he was three years old, right? I think the Rambam says it was three years old and then until he was 48, right? Like, he draws up the whole timeline. What was unique about Avram is that he was called Avram the Ivri, right? Avram the, the Hebrewite. But the Medrash says, don't read it Avram the Ivri, read it Avram the Yechidi. He was the only one. What was so unique about him? That he was the only one that was able to, to have a pure mind from a young age. He was able to think and use his logic to find Hashem. Right? Hashem didn't call out to him at the age of three. At the age of three, he thought to himself, there must be a ruler, a mayor of this burning town, of this burning building, someone who's in charge of this. Right? That's how you find that the pure mind is actually able to reach Hashem. When, you ha- when you're able to clean your mind from all of, of, the, of the nonsense that, we, that, w- that are affecting us on a daily basis, we, that could be the greatest tool to reach Hashem as well. Right? Rashani in the second one, Right, it's a sacred Torah. What we know as a Torah is a Hamisha Hamshay Torah that was given to Moshe as prophet. Right, normally when we say the word Torah, we're referring to the entire Jewish library. Right, but here again, he was one of the first people. Right, one of the earlier Rishonim, he was one of the first people that that was that played a big role in the Jewish library. So when he's saying Torah, he's literally referring to the Hamisha Hamshay Torah. You want to get to know Hashem, divulge and discuss the Hamisha Hamshay Torah to the greatest extent. You can find everything. That's why I'm forgetting the I'm forgetting where I heard the line, but I love it and I quote it all the time, where it says that Torah is the only is the only subject that a first grader in the God of Zorah finds in the Yevskiel of Hashem are learning the same exact thing, right? You're never gonna find a mathematician, a math professor is never gonna open the same math book that a first grader is gonna open up because it, it means nothing to him. But Rachel Knievsky and the first grader are gonna learn the same exact Chumash Rashi. Right, the Chumash itself could bring you to the deepest and clearest paths to know Hashem. So the second gateway that Akadosh Baruch gives us to true Chachma, to Chachma Eliona, that he called, is through the Chumash itself. The third one being the Kabbalot Shekibalu Mikadmonenu, 
It consists of all the Kabbalists, the traditions that we receive from our Chachamim. Right, referring to all the Torah Shalom, which they received all the Chachamim that we have in Sanaim and Amorayim, they received all their wisdom from the Nevi'im. It's not just something that they made up. Right, Abayah and Rava didn't just make something up. They're using the tools that were given to them to get there. Right, we're supposed to say it in Davening every morning, or Bishmal Omer, right, it's the Bryce at the end of the Korbanos. Right, different topic, different topic of why we actually say that Bryce up. But, Right? That, that Bryce, if anyone actually said it with Kavana once, you truly see how at the end of the day, it's 13 principles that we have a, a manifesto essentially. We have a guideline of how to learn Torah. How do you open up Chumash and get to the places that you need to get to? Right? Abayah and Rabbah didn't just make up the concept themselves that you could learn Zerah Shabbat. Right? They had this passed down to them from the Nevi'im. This is something that was given from generation to generation. These are the three gateways that lead you to the ultimate sense of true Chachma, of true wisdom, and HaKadosh Baruch And the truth is, he says, that the great Rabbi Mustajib Don wrote a lot about the concept of traditions and the things we've learned from the Zuab and from Chachamim in his Sefer called Emunos Videos. Right? If you remember in the introduction to the Sefer itself, we talked about how Rav said that there are five Sfarim that every time a Chacham needs to have under his belt. Sadly, a lot of people don't learn them besides maybe three of them. The Sefer Aikarim, Emunos Videos by Rasajigon, Moran Zuchim, and Poet Alababo. Right? Emunos Videos is one of the first actual philosophical works in Jewish liter and Jewish philosophy. Rasajigon is literally one of the Goonim. We don't have any other work like this beforehand, where he goes into detail about every single philosophical idea that, pre- that is presented in Jewish thought. That's why there's an amazing. Uh, I was teaching tomorrow about the comments here in Yeshiva, and we did. The Tarek called Tarek Chodel, it's the eighth Tarek, where the first sugya, it, go, it stretches out a whole daf, where it has this conversation of, it gives nine different answers, where in the Torah it says that if I hit someone, right, if I hit someone and I knock out their eye, it says, I am Tachatayim, an eye for an eye. Right, the Gemara, the Mishnah automatically assumes that, what does that mean? Monetary value. That the person, that when the Pesach says an eye for an eye, literally, the Mishnah automatically assumes that Rich automatically makes a jump and says what? That it's not literal, it's talking about money. So the Gemara goes on to ask this nine different times, how do I know that it's talking about money? It makes no sense. So the Evan Ezra already on the Pasuk there in, in Sefer, in, uh, in Parshish Mishpatim, the Evan Ezra quotes a long passage from Rav Gon in the Munas Videos, where, he's, where Rav Gon is having a conversation with the Karite, with, with someone who believed in the literal Torah as it is. Right, Amunus Vedeos is a sefer that we shown him already, and their commentary in Chumash are talking about. We find their Ramban quote, their Rabbeinu Agado. Right, Rosachi Gon was was so influential in the Jewish library that a sefer like Chumash Halavos, which became widespread and learned among every single community, right, from the Hasidim to the Sionim to the Litvaks to everyone, the Chassam Sofer gave 15 minutes to share on Chumash Halavos every day before getting to Gemara. Right? Everyone got there, and yet he's talking about Rosajigon. Right? Like, just to a little bit of perspective. And, and the truth is, throughout a lot of Chosel Babas itself, he bases a lot of the philosophy he has on the teachings of Rosajigon. Uh, yeah, let's move on a little bit further, just so we uh, make up a little bit more ground. Uh, and he says it like this. Now that we talked about Torah, I'm just saying the Torah is split up into two major categories. Wait, I just want to say one point. I'm sorry, I'm backtracking before we get into this. At the end of the day, he gave us three gateways, right? The pure mind, 
the Torah, Hamishah Hamishah Torah, and the Mesorah, and all the things we got from the Chachamim. If I need to throw out there, what's the most important one for you, right? If, if Again, you could choose the answer or not, but what's the most important one you think that's going to lead you to true Chachma Eliona, to the true knowledge of Hashem? You would, at least my initial reaction would be what? Torah, right? Hamishah Torah. That would be my initial reaction. Maybe Gemara, I get that too. But seemingly what he's saying in the Sefer is that it's Dafka the first one. It's Dafka the pure mind. Because when a person could logically understand it, when a person created us with this mind, it's in order for us to get there. And our job is to use it. Again, I'm going to keep on saying this over and over again because that's the whole goal of the Sefer. Use your mind correctly. And if you're not using it correctly with an, inte- with an integrity and with an honesty, you're missing out on everything. Right to the point that the Gemara, and it's in a piece in the Sefer called Dar Chaynon, the Karim Salonim Rebbe, where he, he has a whole mahalo where he explains, based on the Gemara in Sanhedrin, where it says, Rahmana Liba Bai. Right? Hashem wants your heart. There's a story in the Sefer Ta'anit where it goes that there was one generation that they didn't get rain, that it didn't rain all, all winter, and then uh, the Tana of the time, even before he took off his shoes to fast, Hashem was already brought rain. A few generations later, they fasted for three days and rain didn't come. And they said, why is it they, they didn't need a fast? We learned so much more Torah than them. We're holding in all of Shas, they're barely holding in Ezekiel. Right? There's a conversation in Gemara. So the Dachin says, no, because it's all about Rahman Alibabai. Hashem wants your heart, Hashem wants your mind. Are you able to use your mind correctly? Hashem doesn't care about, quote unquote, the quantity of Torah you're learning if your mindset is completely off. So even if you're learning Kamisha Kamshi Torah over and over and over again, like Rafaim Kanievsky, but your mind is warped, but you have a false sense of what it means to learn Torah and you become arrogant because of it, then, then all your Torah is nothing, essentially. Your Torah is mamish the worst because you're using it for your own glory, for your own honors. You, or to quote the words that we said from the Gemara Nidharam last week, uh, you're turning the Torah into an axe to chop wood with, to dig with. And that's the issue. And I think that's why the doctor is saying that the Seychelles, the pure mind, is the greatest one. Right? But the, in the wisdom, the Torah is divided into two major parts. The first one being, to know the Chobos, to know the obligations that we have with our limbs. Right? All the mitzvahs that we have, that, that we act on. Right? Even speaking, in a, in, in a sense, is an act. Right? I was having a conversation with Yoni the other day, but the Gemara Bab says, I think it's Gemara Bab that says that even, even speaking is an action. How does the Gemara know this? Or, or quote unquote, how does the Gemara prove this? By saying that at the end of the day, that if I have a mitzvah that I need to speak, right? If there's a mitzvah that's saying Chiyah Shmar benching, I can't just scan it with my eyes, I need to actually move my lips. So the Gemara says, Chiyah Shmar movement of the lips in itself is an action. Right? So every mitzvah that we have, most of the 613 mitzvahs we have are all about action. Chobas Kaivarim. Right? And that is the wisdom that's visible. That is the wisdom that's very easily seen. To build a sukkah, that's seen. Cheek, Luluv, and Esrog, I know how to do it. That's something that's right before me. That's something that's right in front of me. But more so, and I'll just throw this in now, mainly because it's the nine days, but not only because it's the nine days, but it's appropriate to speak about it now. All the mitzvahs that we have in Adam Chavero, almost all of them, are Chobas Ayavarim as well. Right? When you look at Shas, the breakup of Shas, Mishnah, Shas, Gemara, as all of Nizikin is, is between human beings, is the interaction between men. If, I, if my donkey hit your donkey, if I stole from you, if I lent money from you, these are all things 
that are applicable and, and that are seen. This isn't something that's concealed. This isn't like Kabbalah that I don't understand. This isn't the thought process in the human being's mind. These are all things that are very much open. Right? All the mitzvahs of getting married, all the mitzvahs of writing the ksuba, all these things are, are revealed to us. These are all things they may be hard to understand and get all the halachos down, but they're all right there. Right, Vashani, in the second part of the Torah is ladat chavat alevavot, is to know the duties of the heart, the duties of the mind, which is something that a lot of people are usually very much unaware of. Right, because, and especially in this time when you look at the, again, I, I remember sa- I said this, so I may sound like a little bit like a broken library uh, record at this point, excuse me. In his time, there was no Jewish literature written about emotions, about feelings, about thinking. It was all about how do I act in X, Y, and Z situation. Right, and these are the concealed mitzvot of conscious thought. And even more so, it's a part of the Torah that's concealed wisdom. And the reason it's concealed is because nobody knows what it is. In a certain sense, the the Chobos HaLevavos are on an even higher and greater level than the Chobos HaLevavos. And, and he's dafka contrasting them because, and he says that one of them is revealed and one of them is concealed. Why do I care if it's revealed and concealed? I think he's teaching us a deep lesson here. That a lot of times, even when a, when a person is doing a, a, a mitzvah that's revealed, right, a mitzvah of the, of the guf, of the evarim, he may be doing them with ulterior motives so people see it. So it's revealed. Everyone sees it in front of me. I can be the best counselor in the world, but it's because I want someone to think that I'm a good counselor. But there's a different way, but the Chobos HaLevavos are completely different. It's literally only between me and Hashem. It's hidden. Nobody else could actually tell me how I feel. Right? We're going to see soon, if we get to it tonight, great. If not, the next week. But he's going to list all the mitzvahs. He literally lists all the Chobos HaLevavos. All the mitzvahs HaAseh. Right? One of the mitzvahs HaAseh is to love Hashem. Could anyone tell me for real if I'm loving Hashem or not? Nobody knows that. That's completely between me and Hashem. There is zero ulterior motive in me doing it. And that's why he's after calling it the, the Chachma Atzuna, the, the concealed wisdom. the physical obligations, the Chakulish Nechalakim, right? I told you guys, Methodical always gives us different uh, lists and categories. The Chakulish Nechalakim, the Chobos HaLevarim, are split up into two categories. One type of mitzvah is the mitzvah, is the type of mitzvah that my mind, the rational mind, would uh, prescribe to, which makes sense. Like, don't steal, don't cheat, don't murder. Right? That even if they weren't given, that even if the Torah would not have given these mitzvahs, I would have done them anyways, because it just makes sense on a moral level. Right? And the second kind consists of what type of mitzvahs? What are called chukim mitzvahs? That uh, it's all about obedience. That the mind, the rash. The rational mind wouldn't necessarily require, require me to do them. But other chayotam doesn't push them off. Meaning, and he gives a couple of examples here. For example, the prohibition of eating uh, meat and dairy together. The shaknez, the kilayim, right? And wearing clothing of wool and linen mixed together. And sewing different garments uh, and growing different seeds together. And all these different types of mitzvot that we don't have a rational for it. For which the reason behind these averos, of these prohibitions, is completely concealed from us. And the obligation to keep them, the reason behind it is also concealed. Right? There's, there's a long conversation to, have, to be had right here, at least in, uh, in Kassidos, there's a, there's a very interesting discussion. Does a person need to keep mitzvot, even the rational ones, because they're rational, or because Hashem commanded us? 
Meaning, is there any such thing as rationality in this mind without Hashem giving it uh, a backing? So even to us, like murder, right? Murder seems very rational. Obviously, I'm not going to kill someone. Who am I to take someone's life? But the tzaddik can explain that the reason we see it is so wrong is because Hashem told us we can't do it. Rabbi Chabad gives a great uh, understanding to this. That it, he says that a mitzvah lotasin in general should be like me putting my hand in the fire. I would never do it. I can never put my hand in the fire. That's what a mitzvah lotasin should be for us. Just to prove this point a little bit, right? You don't need to go that far in history, or you don't even need to go that far in the world, right? But there are definitely cultures until today that are completely okay with murder, right? You're on my land, I could kill you. Or murder is a sport in certain cultures, even today, right? If you want to look at the obvious example, look at the look at the look at the Roman Empire, right? The whole concept of gladiators. It was a literal sport to these people. Right? Murder was not always something that was wrong and immoral in human society. Because today we have more manners, so that's so we think it's fine. Right? But go back 70 years to the Nazis, the most well-mannered people in the world, like famously the, the most well-mannered people in the world, were completely fine with murder as long as you find the justified cause for it. But it's murder through and through. Right? And I think this idea is very important. That the reason it has rational the reason that we understand it is because Hashem gave us these missiles. Right? Maybe throughout time, maybe the closer we get to Mashiach, maybe certain other missiles will also become more and more uh, understandable to us as well. But that, I don't really know. I'm not a nubby. Uh, let's go a little bit further and we'll finish and take some questions. <laughs> right? But the missiles of the mind, unlike the Chobos of Babos, their entire being is only predicated on the fact that you understand it, that you could acknowledge it. Meaning that you could rationalize what you're doing. Because if I don't understand loving Hashem, then it means nothing. I could choose to not eat meat and milk together, right, even though I don't understand it. I don't understand the Israel. But if I don't understand what it means to love Hashem, then I'm not really loving Hashem. Right? That's the chaf. Like I'll explain later on throughout uh, the Sefer. Right now, I'll just give an example, and we'll finish with this and take some questions. I think it's fascinating, because in a certain, in a certain sense, you could maybe understand that the mitzvot, the chobos ha'ezvarim, are somewhat of, a, of an introduction and a preface to the chobos ha'ezvavos. Meaning that me keeping a physical mitzvah is bringing me to have a belief in Hashem and think about Hashem. Right? The Zohar says it very clearly, but I'll give a, I'll give a very fast little example. The Zohar says it flat out that the 613 mitzvot are tariyad itin latot, the Vegas, are 613 pieces of advice of getting us close to Hashem. Right? What is the idea, what is the idea of a mezuzah? Why do we have a mezuzah? The idea of a mezuzah, right, is that I'm writing on a parchment, I'm writing on a cloth, and then I put it at my door. Why is it on my door? Anyone have an answer? Oh, excellent. So that I'm always aware of Hashem. Meaning, the idea of physical mitzvah is bringing me to an intellectual and emotional understanding. Right? Since this is the easiest example of it all. Right? The Torah literally says, You're going to see the mitzvah and remember all the other mitzvahs. 
right? All the physical mitzvahs that we have at the end of the day are bringing us to a deeper connection to Hashem. And yet we focus so much more on the physical mitzvahs without the deeper meaning. That's why the Tanya in the, in the later document of the Sefer, in the second half of the Sefer, it says flat out that a mitzvah without kavanah is like a body without a soul. It's like a goof without a neshama. And you could split up the entire Sefer into this one idea. Keeping mitzvahs in general is like the goof. If you're not having the Chobos with it, you're a dead goof. You're a dead body. Uh, so there's Rana Hashem. Uh, next week we'll